Welcome to Home From Home, a podcast where we answer your questions with our experiences and questionable advice. We're just two guys who like guys but love God. This is a safe place for real conversation. We'll talk about the highs and lows of life as a disciple with added baggage. Can we help you with that? Welcome to your Home From Home. In our second episode of our series on growing up same-sex attracted, we talk about our teenage years. We reminisce on our school experiences, music and fashion, and when we first became Christians. And we discuss the highs and lows of teenage life, delving into teenage shame and questioning where it really comes from. Stick around and welcome to your home from home. And we are back for episode two. How are you, Topher? I'm so jarred that you didn't say we're live, we're here. I know. know, I wanted to switch it up today. A little bit different. Sorry, I shouldn't have said anything. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? I am good. I'm excited uh, to do this podcast. Um, But, you know, life life has been good. I spent some time with... uh, my lovely girlfriends this weekend going to church together later so it'll be it'll be good um you know so nothing new not literally nothing (laughs) (laughs) yeah weekends are for the girlfriends that's that's how it works oh gosh i miss it no i don't well (laughs) well someday each to their uh yeah maybe (laughs) god willing but yeah that sounds nice what do you guys get up to um today uh we're doing church and then we're gonna go out to lunch with one of her close friends uh obviously very distant very safe um and then (laughs) um we're just gonna hang out yeah i'm still kind of resting um i got my first dose of the vaccine on friday or thursday oh sweet yeah friday um and i still like feel kind of like not sick but not like a hundred percent myself so like I just yeah. try not to do anything super like strenuous and like still take drink a lot of water and try to keep my distance yeah. from people yeah. as my immunity is being uh built up. So yeah. And I got scheduled for my second uh appointment in a couple of weeks. So thank thank the Lord above. Gosh, here we are. We're like finally on our way out. Hopefully. Hopefully. Although there's all these variants that are coming out and who I know. Who knows? Keep up. Yeah. Who knows what happened? I hope that with the vaccine, we just normalize wearing. Like, look, if we can just normalize wearing masks, we'll be fine, and we can like for the rest of our lives. I mean, maybe. Like, at least when you're sick. At least when you're sick. Like, let's let's normalize. Let's at least normalize wearing a mask when you're sick. Fine, I could have that. I think we can normalize wearing masks. In my mind, I'm like, yeah, for the next few years, like, go for it, please. But then at some point, I would like to show the bottom half of my face or else I'm just going to show my kids like pictures of my past. and All they're <laughs> going to see is just these two eyes. Yeah, that's true. And I'll be, pro- I'll be like, I promise you, I look so young and youthful. And they'll be like, you look exactly the same. You just have eyes and eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe, maybe it'll be even more protection, you know, because you're covering up that part of your face. So it's not getting hit by the sunlight. So it's not aging. So maybe the bottom half of your face will be forever youthful. That's a good point, except for like acne. 
like is so inflamed for me with the mask because oh. during work because i work in an office yeah. i'll be there for eight hours just sitting there with a mask on yeah and like i've got to be really careful my face because it's starting to freak out about wearing a mask for that long you know mm. recently yesterday i was on the beach and i like swam into a rock I don't know if you can see it from my chin. Oh, no. Um, it looks, it actually looks like an acne. Yeah, exactly. And so I was telling someone today, I was like, yeah, so yesterday I swam into a rock. That's why there's this big red mark on my chin. And they were like, I don't mind if you have acne. Like, you can just be honest. And I was like, no, I promise you. I swam into a rock. <laughs> my question is like, how? Which is more credible. That's my, that's my okay. question. Well, I was just trying to show some friends whilst we were at the beach. I was like, look, I can like swim underwater like a dolphin. And so I was like, you know, I was like going head first. My arms were behind. And then I was trying to like, like just be very like smooth with it. And then I hit, felt my face just hit this rock. And I came out of the water just pretending like I didn't just like <laughs> smash into a rock. It was very shallow water, apparently. So there we go. Wow. Yeah, and now my t- my foot is completely messed up too because I like ran into a rock as well. Did you cut it? Apparently, it's a rocky part of the beach. Did you like cut your foot on the rock or just really like stubbed my toe? I don't want to get too graphic for our listeners about what's going on there. It's just pretty pretty gnarly. I, I, is that what is that your attempt at an English at an American accent? Yeah, pretty gnarly. The waves, bro. Mm. surf's up man no no one talks like that <laughs> okay i don't know somewhere uh, uh, i love that film with the little penguins there are definitely californians who like speak like that but i feel like people outside of california think that like everyone talks like that and the majority of us do not talk like that like i would you say don't, like, but you guys talk like valley girls instead so i know there's more than one sometimes <laughs> i actually i can't i can't yeah i can't say that i don't but i feel like anyways welcome to our <laughs> podcast where we talk about literally nonsense for six minutes straight yeah okay we're moving on teenage episode teenage. here we are i'm just a teenage dirtbag you know I'm just a teenage dirtbag, baby. I hope you guys are ready for all of my early 2000s R&B and pop punk references. Because as a teenager, <laughs> I had a lot of feelings. Oh, and angry hip hop, too. You know, I had a lot of feelings as a teenager. So Teenage is a big year for feelings. So just to like recap with everyone last week, if you haven't listened, listen to that first. It was our episode on childhood and remembering childhood. And then now we've grown up and we're teenagers and all the way, what would you consider a teenager? I guess 13 to 18, maybe 13, even though. Yeah. 13 to 18, I guess. Yeah. What was it like for you? What were your teenage years like? I feel, I felt so transported into your childhood. What was like teenage Thomas? What was he up to? Teenage Thomas was trying to not kill himself. That's what he was up to. Oh my god! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, like not to sound like dramatic or whatever, but like teenagers were really hard because, like, I had like been bullied my whole life, but I think like at teenage years is kind of like when people are like their most level of mean. They're brutal. They're brutal. teenagers are rude. Yeah, savage animals. Yeah, yeah. So there's all of that me feeling like i don't fit in and then me like 
really starting to discover that like my SSA isn't something that is just going to go away and like hearing my friends like can I say this word I don't know if I can say this word what but just a, is faggot a bad word that's an interesting word because I mean um it's interesting looking at the history of the word faggot but then also some people I hear like in the LGBT community like are using it in a way of like yeah I guess to take back the power yeah like yeah but i don't know it's fine by me we'll see whether this makes sense. but no but like that's that's the word that was tossed around a lot in like middle school and like we would use that word like faggot gay lord queer whatever right and so like i felt like i had to you know i was kind of discovering this thing i remember uh changing in like middle school and high school locker rooms for like p.e and like oh my god that was a nightmare that's... because i already yeah. don't like my body um mm. i had a, like a pretty massive surgeries when i was a kid so i have like scars mm-hmm. like up and down my stomach and like around so that's all already made me self-conscious and in mm. high school i was going through like growth hormones and so they like stopped my purity so like i at one point i like started developing kind of breasts so like guys would like make fun of like my chest because they were yeah. like kind of perky like breasts were um and then i was like trying hard not to like inappropriately look at my uh at the people changing and like kind of sneaking a yeah. peek without like making it obvious that i'm sneaking a peek so locker rooms are stressful <laughs> you're telling me my gosh <laughs> so but you know there was some uh, light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, the teenage years are special for me because that is when I became a disciple. I became a disciple at mm. 16. So uh, kind of mm. near the ends of your, of like, I would say that's kind of the ends, like halfway towards the ends of teenage years. Yeah. And so I did become a disciple and things did get a little bit better for a second. And then like things with my family got very tumultuous and then they got like really bad. So uh <laughs> that's like a yeah. brief brief update of teenage years but what about you what was yeah. teenage teenage uh tofer like teenage tofer was a bit greasy is a gross word like i think i just i just picture my long fringy hair which i just ended up sweeping to the side i had this at like school, bieber like, look or like emo kid look uh, it was trying to be Bieber. I wasn't trying to be emo. I had like these, I had these thin like wire framed glasses. And um, at the time, like super dry jackets were really in fashion. Mm-hmm. And so I like begged my mom to get a super dry jacket and I had one and they were just so weird. Like it didn't fit me. The sleeves were so long anyway. So I was just this, yeah, messy little kid. <laughs> like big chubby cheeks i like never grew out of them for most of my teenage years acne everywhere like the spots just came relentlessly yeah i remember school was like i feel like at school you could either with guys i feel like you have two options like you either you either are a nerd and like you hang out with all the like nerds who just want to do well in school and play video games or like you're um, a, a popular kid, yeah, yeah, and you do like Football. I don't know, I don't even know what you do as a cool kid. You just wear like in Britain, you just wear a lot of polo shirts. It's about like which girls you're with and stuff like that. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. It's just and so there was just it was there was just a complete binary system. You'd pick one or the other, and so I picked the nerds, which I was very happy with. 
and we played a lot of minecraft together those were some great years there was a period where i thought you know what i think heaven like we'll just be like playing minecraft my friends for (laughs) eternity like so that that was my mindset where i was that That was was your viewpoint of heaven it's just infinite (laughs) minecraft with your friends just infinite minecraft where i could just play forever and ever and so that was good that was enough for me well that's quite Um, the design mind in you isn't it like you liking to design and build and like (laughs) what can i say i'm a creative i think (laughs) that um, one might be my own personal hell it's just endless minecraft (laughs) but you know it's okay okay well each their own i mean my teenage years were i guess were a few years after yours so maybe there's some different things i think especially our music taste will probably actually be quite different yours is what like skater punk and then mine was like a lot of like sam smith and ed sheeran and that kind of i mean i love sam smith and ed sheeran yeah fine but yeah different. my my music taste in middle school and high school was like pop punk was like lots of r&b and like yeah lots of like hip-hop pretty much hip-hop was like the main that was the main thing that stayed consistent and then i would throw in like pop punk taste and then when i would study i have this thing about listening to like classical music and like opera when i study i don't know why yeah but i but i do so you're just a classy man of taste yeah, I mean, I think, like, for me, it was, what was it? Like, there's some big pop albums that I, I loved that were, were coming out was, like, like Daft Punk's mm-hmm. final album came out, mm-hmm. and I loved that. Imagine Dragon's first mm-hmm. album was out. I was obsessed. And Lord's album came out. Loved Lord. And then also 21 Pilots was, like... I love 21 pilot because that's why it's like sad 21 pilots is like not just sad it's deep that's what it is it's deep there's substance in there it's they're so good and like i was just obsessed and i feel like i like them quite early on and yeah i saw them live and then there's just this picture they put on their twitter or something after that concert when i was a teenager um where at the end of every show they'd go out into the crowd and play their song trees like whilst um banging on the drums and confetti would be spraying from the sky and stuff and so the crowd would hold up these platforms that would hold them and i was like far i was far front enough that i was like holding up um tyler's platform and then on this Twitter photo, you can just like zoom in more and more and you just see this little like head with glasses just screaming. Like I've never seen my mouth so like large before. And that was me. So great. I was like, is that really me? But it, I need yeah, I need me. this photo. Well, if you're lucky, then <laughs> you'll get it. <laughs> Okay, so for you, what were some important moments, especially during your teenage years, like, especially in regards to same-sex attraction? I mean, it's also a big point. Like, what was it for you even? You became a Christian during your teenage years at 16 as well. Like, what was that process like? And how was same-sex attraction even involved or not involved in even even in the becoming a Christian? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, when I when I became when I studied the Bible and wanted to become a Christian, I actually hid the fact that I was same sex attracted. And that was like mm. something that I was still like figuring out if it's 
really just a phase or not you know everyone thinks it's yeah. a phase so i was like i don't need to talk about this and i'll keep it vague like i struggle with purity issues and like pornography and you know like lust um but like little did anyone know that it was like literally everyone men women everything in between it was i would lust after everyone and everything honestly yeah <laughs> um <laughs> problematic <laughs> but um uh, so there's that um so yeah that didn't really like play a role in my discipleship until like near the end of like my teenage years of 17 18 when i like mm-hmm. was like no i really do need to talk about this um and if you guys are a member of strength and weakness you will see the video of uh one of my teen youth leaders who i thought i was in love with um absolutely head over heels crush like boy crush for like (laughs) a good six months (laughs) and had to like wrestle with that um so i mean it was just hard uh because like same-sex attraction wasn't something that we talked about in church it wasn't something that like my parents were really talking about even though we had a cousin um who was very much involved in our life who was gay um and at this point had like at least two or three like serious partners who had like come met us and we spent a lot of time with yeah so it just wasn't something that was really talked about or discussed um and then i was like okay well i can't really hide this anymore so i'm going to talk to one of the teens who that i mentored and i was like let me let me talk about this and just like break some water because i thought we were closer than we were and uh the teen Mm. I wanted absolutely nothing to do with me and like st- asked to be get a, a new person who was mentoring him and like would refuse to sit next to me in church or give me a hug or anything like that. Um, and so like that was like, mm, I can't tell anybody. And then I was in love with my teen mentor, like when I was 17 and like telling him was literally the scariest thing I ever had to do. Like one of the scariest him about your attractions or that you were in love. The, the, it was me telling him that I was same sex attracted, but not only that I was same sex attracted, but that I was like in deep attraction with him, like deep, like, like I told him that he shouldn't mentor me anymore and we can't like hang out or do anything because it had like just gotten to a point where it was a lot, like a lot where I would get low key, like obsessive. Um, Mm. and then we had to like work through that and, he really like just loved me through that process and was like, Hey, I love you. I'm not going to abandon you here. Uh, we're going to figure this out together. And I trust you. I trust you to be wise. I trust you to not like do anything crazy and, uh, nothing in our relationships changed. If anything, like it only got deeper after that. And to this day, he's still one of my closest friends. Um, I was Mm. a, uh, groomsman in his wedding. And yeah, he's, he's literally like, every time I go home, I make a point to go hang out with him at least once. So that's kind of what teenage SSA stuff, um, lots of guy crushes, a lot of guy crushes, a lot of girl crushes and just really confused. (laughs) That's what that, I think if I can like wrap up my teenage years in like a sentence, it was. Thomas was sad and confused. That was, that's like my teenage years. Sad and confused. (laughs) I like can relate to a lot of that. I mean, mine is similar, very similar. 
I was like very confused. Except for, mm, I think maybe earlier on, I was just kind of like, well, this is it then. Mm. I wasn't very much like, oh, what's all these feelings? I think I was just like, oh, great. This is like, I just immediately became the victim and I was like, I'm just stuck like this. Like, mm. what on earth is like going on? Because like I said before, I'd already like knew about my attractions and I became a Christian just before I turned 15. So I was mm. quite young. And when I was studying the Bible, I did speak about it. I remember... A true church kid becoming <laughs> a Christian very young. Yeah, I know. You're telling me. Um, I remember when studying the Bible, I spoke about it because I was just like... I felt had like I just had to get it off my chest. I don't know. It was just felt really big. And um, and I remember the encouragement that I got from the evangelist of our church. He was like to me, you know what? Like, it's probably just a phase. Not You're still very young. You know, don't think too much into it, whatever. And so I was like, "Oh, okay, fine." <laughs> and then I became, a, and then I became a disciple. And there was so many reasons. Like, I mean, obviously, the biggest reason I think was just Jesus. I was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just knew that I believed what the Bible was saying, and I could just look at this man, and I was like, I have to follow him, and and this is truly worth my life. Um, yeah. So even though when I made that commitment back then, it was still quite early, like I was, my brain hadn't fully formed or whatever, but I think I feel really encouraged with that commitment that I just knew, okay, when new challenges come up, as they will, I just need to consistently go back to like, is Jesus still Lord? Is Jesus going to still be Lord in this new challenge, in this new situation, and whatever? And I'm encouraged that I've got to this point where he's still... But I think there were resentments where I, where I felt like, oh, gosh, I didn't count the cost of being same-sex attracted and a disciple. And for a long time, yeah. Yeah. I, just felt like, I just felt like, why me? Like, mm. why have I got this issue? I hated D groups, mm. like it, being a teen. And so D groups were like discussions, small groups, uh, at things at like camps and those kind of things or events or whatever. I just hated D groups because... I just had this huge weight on my chest, um, like with these thoughts and these feelings and tractions, and I just couldn't. And like the advice was that I was getting as a teenager was just don't speak about it yet with your friends, the people you're close to at the moment, because they won't be able to handle it in a mature way. And so, so for me and like in these groups where the whole idea was you're meant to be completely honest, I always felt like I just had to hold back what I really wanted yeah. to talk about. Yeah. And so that was really difficult, I think, for my discipleship because it fostered this dual life mentality where mm-hmm. I could just be very like giving and serving and joyful, whatever, like as a Christian in my teen ministry. But like deep down, I was just feeling a lot of kind of pain and isolation with it. It definitely was a really painful time. There were a lot of nights where I just like cried a lot. I think there was there was one moment where like, which is really big for me was... When I was 16, I was introduced to someone who's helping with church Mm. and they were 21 at the time and um, they were same-sex attracted. And so like this was, this was the first point for me where I'd ever like spoke to anyone who was same-sex attracted, like other than me, honestly, then it just felt like I was the only person ever. Like maybe it's times have changed with the internet. I don't know. Or maybe teens listening to this, like this is your first time, but like, for me back then it was like there was no other voices or anyone you know and so spending time with him and just hearing his advice or just hearing him speak or whatever I just saw so much myself 
in him and I was just so I just finally felt like oh I can relax and I can like say what I'm thinking and feeling and someone actually understands and I think that was a huge part of teenage years is like no one understands me no one gets me no guy no girl no one old no one young no one under no one understands what I'm going through and to have someone similar to my age understand was just the biggest thing ever yeah actually we would spend ended up spending more and more time together which was something I really pushed for because I was just so like enamored by how encouraging it was and relieving it was and then it became something actually I hate how like Satan can just twist things which are really good into things which aren't yeah um, yeah and then it became too dependent I I just became too dependent on him it stopped being about how can I just still be close to God and trust in God and be encouraged by him and take refuge in him and started more being about how can I just seek encouragement and refuge in this spiritual guy instead. Um, yeah. And so yeah. when he left, that was like hard. That was hard for me. Um, but a good lesson. So that was my first time I'd really felt like kind of this emotional pull towards a guy before I thought it was just a physical attraction. Um, but there were later experiences. But I think maybe I can talk about those in the campus one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. 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 No, I really, it frustrates me when people say don't talk about it. You know what I mean? Especially mm. like I get the advice. I think. I don't think my advice would ever be don't talk about it because people can't be mature yet. Because I think for one that like it's hard for us or hard for people who are going through things and feel like they have to be alone. But then it's also not giving teens enough credit that there are teens who are mature enough to be able to handle those things. That's true. And and I also think that like maybe when I was young or when you were young, it was different. But I feel like nowadays teens are just all around people who are like yeah that like they just don't care like people really like yeah honestly like i feel like the majority of teenage teenagers nowadays like if you were to talk about that they would just be like okay like they wouldn't care you know i guess you're right there's a bit more of like woke culture now isn't there yeah it was back then right and so but i still think that there needs to be caution like I would never say don't talk about it. I would say be cautious on who you talk to about it. Um, yeah. Because there are people, as as you've heard in my like very brief story, who like will treat you different or may not be able to be mature enough to handle that information. Um, so I think there is wisdom in like being like, oh, be careful who you're open with, but never don't talk about it. Because then like I don't think they were intending this. For me, when I would like hear that, it would just put a lot of shame on what I was like dealing with. Yeah, you're as, right. As being like, this is shameful. And it's like too mm. shameful to talk about. Um, mm. And like that, mm. like I, it took me like years and I still think I'm still like wrestling with this to some extent to like unravel all of the shame that I have through my teenage and early uh, childhood and like teenage years of all this shame that I've had in who I am, the way I express myself, that that just frustrates me. But like, yeah. what was you, you had talked about? I know this is kind of off topic, but I almost wonder 
a little bit because as you'll know, if you listen to my podcast, the podcasts before you would know, and you'll know um, in the next episode when we talk about college years, me leaving and me kind of going through this exploration of my identity period. I almost Mm -hmm. wonder, do you feel like, do you think you became a Christian or you made that decision too prematurely, like Mm -hmm. too soon? That's a good question. And I mean, it's something I wrestle with and still think about now. I mean, I think especially right now, I'm questioning, even with my relationship with church, like it's a group of people who I love so dearly. And I think I just have the best of intentions. But there's something odd about being a child raised in a very strongly Christian environment. Um, it's just very difficult and it's so hard to strike a balance of how does the child have actual like autonomy and the ability to approach God from an individual point of view because you there because you're just surrounded by this so it just seems so like because I know for me like as a as a teenager it felt like there was no other option like like it was just like it was inevitable almost yeah completely and I do think um, I do think so many of my circumstances and biases and friends and family, whatever, like led me a lot towards making that decision. Do I think that devalidates like my decision? No. Like, no, because I think it brought me very close to making that decision and gave me probably all the legs up and stuff that I needed. Um, so I felt very supported in making that decision. But still, for me, like, I knew that I think when you look just so specifically at what Jesus did on the cross, like, you can see so much pain and, like, just awful gut-wrenching pain and sacrifice is right at the center of the gospel message. And so when looking at that, it just wasn't within me to just be okay, a good Christian and just say, Oh, okay. Yeah. So I respond to that. Like to me, that was too authentic and too real to, um, just go with the flow Hmm. to some people though, like a hundred percent. I don't think that's the case with everyone. Like, I think we can just feel pressured. And I have a lot of friends who became Christians early on and then aren't Christians now. And I think that's, and that's their own journey, and I appreciate their authenticity. I mean, I would love for them to be close with God and see him in the way that I do, but at the same time, it's their journey. But no, I don't think I became a Christian prematurely, but I do think that it's an important conversation about how we 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 help teens to yeah. become Christians. Yeah. But I thought I really, I really liked what you said, and I think it's such an important thing, especially for our teens like listening, is like shame, I would say, is such a defining trait of my teenage years, especially with same sex attraction. Yeah. Hopefully more in students and and then into becoming an adult. I think liberation and finding identity was something that was more defining, but teenage years a hundred percent, it felt like shame. <laughs> Like, I don't know, there wasn't, and I, I appreciate what you're saying, like, actually, maybe that quietness or that, that, like, oh, people, like, there's wisdom there, but also it does reinforce this, like, this shame, this idea that some things are okay to talk about, I don't know, like, lust or pornography or whatever is fine. To as talk long about, as it's straight okay. lust or straight pornography. Yeah. Anything but there's something else about is, this, yeah. which is, yeah, I don't know, it puts up walls, so... Yeah, so I really resonate that. 
there's so much more we can talk about but i do think actually we've covered a lot of our teenage years in our earlier episodes with a lot of specific mm-hmm. questions so if you're mm-hmm. a teen listening please go back and read some of those questions um because i think there'll be some which could be really helpful especially about telling your friends or approaching things like crushes or those kind of things but for you thomas like what would be to yourself in the past your teenage self teenage thomas like what advice would you give what knowing what you know now and seeing how those all those years finished like what advice would you give to yourself back then yeah well uh to echo a little bit of the advice i'd give to my child self (laughs) i think to my teenage self i would first and foremost say that like you are okay and like things will be better you know because it it was like teenage years were just so difficult for me and like things i feel like my like life of me starting to be comfortable with myself and like independent and on my own didn't really start until i went to college quite honestly yeah so it's like everything that you're searching for is coming like it is coming so that's first and foremost secondly i would say cling on to god like cling on to god and know that like regardless of all the stuff that you're feeling, all the stuff that you're wrestling with, all the things and all the pain that you see, just know that like God sees that and his heart is breaking with you and his Mm. like, he's hurting for you too. And just cling onto him with everything that you have, because that's the only thing that's going to get you through this period and like Mm. allow yourself to be authentic allow yourself to really experience the pain and to be honest and let go of the shame. Like there is nothing to be ashamed of, of what you're attracted to, what you're struggling with, what you're wrestling with, health stuff that you're wrestling with. Allow yourself to be vulnerable, allow yourself to be authentic and know that there are going to be people there who are going to see that in you and who are going to love you. That's what I would say. I love that. I love that. And you, what would you tell your teenage self? Yeah, I think similarly to what I said to my younger self, relax. <laughs> like, it's not that deep. Um, I know teenagers are brutal and rough and are confusing. And you feel like you have a hundred things that you can't speak to anyone about. <laughs> and that's that will get better. I feel like something about growing up is like Thomas was saying, like you find people that you can really be your true self with and and you will find those people so and a lot of them are with you you just don't know that yet you don't Mm. they're not that safe place yet Mm. and so i think just trust in that i think stop trying to have it all together i think teenage me was just so like just trying to be i don't know just trying to look my best appear my best like just be funny be likable be whatever just Mm. all the things at once and like just stop trying to figure everything out and just be stop trying to be an adult like just enjoy what yeah. you enjoy then yeah and experience what you can experience then um be quick to ask questions be quick to ask why i think sometimes i would just say yes or no or whatever just because that's what i thought or that's what i've been taught and i think just question things and work these things out as well mm. and i think lastly about the shame like just as hard as it is, just trust that you, there's like nothing to be ashamed of. Like so much of that shame is a product of so many things which aren't about you. Um, and yeah. so just really trust in how God views you. 
Mm. Um, mm. And that actually is meaningful. God, God's view of you is not a cop out or some crutch for a weak Christian person. Like mm. God's view of you is the most meaningful thing. So, yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Well, I think that just about wraps up um, our episode. Thank you for listening. I hope this was helpful for you. Um, and continue to uh, send your emails, comments, questions. We've gotten some really encouraging emails. So uh, thanks for listening. And we love you guys. Yeah, we will see you next week where we'll be talking about campus life and everything that involves moving on, moving out, independence. <laughs> so we will see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Home From Home. We'd love to hear your questions. Please submit through the link in the description. Home From Home is sponsored by Strength and Weakness Ministries, a Christian organization that helps to bridge the gap between the Christian community and the LGBTQ community through awareness, education, and support. For more info and resources, go to strengthandweakness.org.